Well, hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. I'm so glad you guys have joined me at the Off the Bench podcast. And today I am thrilled to have with me back on the show my friend, Dr. Mark Sherwood. We love to answer your questions and you guys are sending a bunch of them in. This is going to be a fantastic episode. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys, so you know the drill. If you would like to submit a question for Dr. Mark, the way to do that is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. And whenever he comes on, we have a hoot and holler and good time going through your questions. You guys are submitting great questions. We really love having them. So again, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. At the end of the show today, Dr. Mark's going to come back and we're going to spend happy hour talking about intermittent fasting. A lot of you writing in about intermittent fasting, It's uh, you've heard me talk about it here on the show before and sort of how it changed the way I looked at food and how I, uh, how I uh, structured my day. Didn't so much structure it around food like I normally did, so he's going to come on after the show. And during happy hour, we're going to dedicate that little portion of today's show to intermittent fasting. If you guys want to subscribe, you go to Spotify and just click on the subscribe button, and that is how you reach us. All right, without further ado, Dr. Mark. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's good to see you. Thanks for having me back as always. And um, yeah, I'm on the road today. So a uh, little bit of a remote background here, but it's all good. Hey, man, I, I'm a little jelly because you are in Hawaii. Yes. Yes. We just landed in Kona, Hawaii and oh we'll be goodness. here for a few days. Uh, the time frame is completely different, as you know. Yep. So uh, I'm going to have to do a little adjustment and have to sort of put everything I teach people when they travel into practice. So there you go. <laughs> That's true. Well, Hawaii, I mean, we have really dear friends in Kona. That's yeah. where uh, I went after we uh, after after the election, as you know, after my primary, well, yeah. Jay and I got to go to Kona for a few days. It was wonderful. They have a great church there, too. I'll have to send you that. Um, yes. Wonderful, wonderful people. I hope you guys have a great great snorkeling. Oh, my goodness. Who is that? Um, you're going to love it. Snorkeling, snorkeling. I love it. We got to swim with the manta rays when we were there. Phenomenal. Wow. Phenomenal. So I hope you and Michelle have a great time. Oh, you mean to jump in? Am I jumping yes, in? Ma'am. All right. Uh-huh. So the first one comes from Amy Joe in Texas. And she says, what are Dr. Sherwood's thoughts on recommendations regarding the use of collagen for skin and joint health? I follow multiple experts and they have varying opinions. Some people say it's great and they encourage its use and others say it's a waste of money. What say you? Well, Amy Joe, that's an excellent question because collagen is marketed from all different fronts today. And the most um, common marketing ploy on that one is it's going to help you, you know, grow your bone and regrow your, your, your skin and tighten it back up and all that. And those properties are actually true from collagen. However, part of the problem is the delivery of that. So you, you take this collagen, you put it in a, it's powder, right? And you, you put it in your mouth, you drink it or whatever, and it has to go in the GI tract, Heidi, and then Amy Joe, it has to separate. In other words, they take the amino acids and all that out of the collagen, glycine, et cetera, and those are separated, and then they're transported across the, the cell membranes of your stomach into your bloodstream and transported to the various locations within your body and reassembled into collagen. That just sounds like a lot of work. It is, and something can go wrong in any step of the process. Um, so on one hand, yes, do it. If you eat better, it's going to work better. On the other hand, there's something I want people to consider. You want to consider adding something called GHK copper. 
GHK copper. Now, that's a peptide. And so if you think about what peptides do, we've had this discussion before. I know. I was going to say, I'm going to start calling you the king of the peptides. Yeah. GHK copper is one that actually creates the synthesis for more collagen and re-collagenizing, if you will, our body. So if you had material there and then you take something that takes the material and constructs it better and even takes what you have and makes it better, we've well, got the best of both worlds now. GHK can be injectable, subcutaneous. It can be a cream you rub on your face, or it can be something you put in your hair at night. And in all cases, it always works. So think about GHK as a, a thing that will rebuild skin truly, and the collagen is something that is the materials that help to help that happen. Well, that's fascinating. Uh, that's the first time I've ever heard of that. Can people get that from you, or do they find it on Amazon? Where do they find that? Yeah, do not get that on any uh, website out there because you're going to get um, – irreputable websites. In other words, you're going to get websites that sort of, that manufacture peptides. And they're going to be for, not for human consumption and all this blah, blah, blah. But yes, they can get that from us. And we use that a lot. Um, you've seen my wife, Dr. Michelle, my beauty queen, right? Yes. She uses the most remarkable skin and she's been using GHK for many, many years. And we were using it before it was cool, but I think everybody should be using GHK quite frankly. Now, do you have a favorite way of doing it? You say that the, the cream is your favorite way. What's your favorite way? I like to use the cream cream at night because it's easy. Yeah. It comes in a little pump ball. It's soothing. And a lot of women use it as a kind of a after the makeup, you put it on there like a night cream. And it takes uh -huh. the place of all those very expensive night creams that really don't necessarily work. They support, but they don't create. Okay. I love that. They support, but they don't create. And people can That's find right. that at Sherwood.tv forward slash Heidi, if you guys yep. are wondering uh, the best way to do that, that's Sherwood.tv forward slash Heidi. And I love that you guys use that link. It supports me yep. and it supports uh, Dr. Mark. And it also lets him know that you guys came in through the Heidi St. John podcast. So uh, I love that. Ashley in Alabama, um, she was asking why medical institutions are still requiring the COVID vaccine. You want to hear something crazy? Uh, Mark, I have a friend who goes to church here at a church in uh, Vancouver, Washington, and that church is still requiring the COVID vaccine for people who want to work there. They want to volunteer for the church. They won't let you volunteer unless you get the Ronavax. Yeah. Oh, it just that's, fries me. That's Ashley from Alabama, right? Yes, Ashley from Alabama. So, Ashley, here's the deal. I get asked that a lot of times. And there is a, it's a misuse of scripture, okay? In, in churches to use that. They say, you know, what you do, what's good for everybody, you know, that whole... Right, you're loving your neighbor, blah, 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 sloppy agape. Sloppy, I love that. That's, I'm going to use that one sometimes. <laughs> um, but here's the deal with the medical establishment. They are driven and trained by pharma. And so just know that every single um, licensed medical school, its funding comes from pharma, the curriculum comes from pharma, and the output grows pharma and it's supposed to. So, you know, they're going to push this vaccine. There's going to be more coming. There's going to be more mRNA vaccines that are going to be put out there. It. It's going to happen. And, you know, now they're, they're increasing the usage of those in animals. Mm -hmm. I've seen it where and they're going to be in them. our meat. Yeah. in plants, they're going to put some in plants. So, you know, the bottom line is we're going to have to begin to become, as you and I've talked, more self-sustaining and self-sufficient yep. and self-governing. Yep. 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 That's ex exactly right. Well, she's asked, she doesn't know what to do, and I frankly don't know what to do either. She's saying that they won't allow you to continue in the program. You can't do clinicals now if you yeah. haven't had the COVID vaccine, and they might drop her from the program. 
this is a horrible position to put these young uh, students in that want to go to medical school. It's terrible. I think that in her case, and this is a hard pill to swallow. So hard, yeah. And it's going to be challenging, perhaps, to hear me say this. But I, I want you to hear me ask it from the bottom of my heart. If God calls you to that, that profession, he's going to provide for you the way to do that profession. Don't know how, don't know where, but be open-minded to what God does in that. Be open-minded to how he directs and keep your eyes open, your ears open, and, you know, typically keep your mouth closed unless you hear wisdom come out, right? And yep. so do all those things. And perhaps there's another school that might love to have you. And or perhaps you'll see a softening of the heart if people around you uh, put their foot down and say, you know what? I would prefer to do an exemption in this case. Because ultimately, my opinion strongly is that I do not believe that schools should be requiring that at all in any way, shape, or form. It's a free country. That's freedom. And and that would be uh, something I'd stand firm on no matter what. Yeah, I agree with you. And what a terrible position that these schools are putting these young students in. An anonymous listener wrote in and said, I would like to know about testosterone replacement therapy. Is it safe for men? My husband is a combat vet who is on a lot of medications due to that. Well, um, when you look about testosterone, yes, it's safe if prescribed in the right direction, in the right manner. Uh, we prefer uh, micronized bioidentical testosterone and even other hormones over the course of synthetic. They're all produced in the lab, but but it is safe. Um, when you're talking about combat vets, you've got to think about PTSD or maybe um, the TBIs, traumatic brain injuries, yes. you know, with explosion. A lot of our veterans, because of the TBIs specifically, have pituitary gland issues in the brain. So they don't actually produce hormones well, whether it be testosterone or growth hormone, which gives them a higher risk factor for brain, bone, and heart disease. So in that case, it would be looked at, should be looked at as potentially protective. So be proactive in that and look for a, a doc that's going to prescribe that in the right manner, run the right tests. And when you're looking at a lot of medications, you also got to look at the nutrient pullouts that's create. So you want to make sure that you have a well-rounded, holistic um, sort of look at that so you can get the th things prescribed that you need. Man, that, that's good advice. There's another anonymous listener. We've, you and I have talked about this a little bit before. She says she's in new territory with her oldest son about to turn 15. Do you have any natural supplement suggestions for helping a teen boy through mood, attitude, and energy level swings? Yeah, when you get to the little puberty time, it, it creates a whole new world of crazy, does My mom had a supplement. It was called shoveling. Yeah. She was like, we got some shoveling to do. Tool gardening, you know, work. <laughs> yes. um, no, you got to be strong with that. But there's supplements that I think are necessary for teens. You think about when the body is developing and growing and changing, and there's no time like that time when the body's growing, developing, and changing. That's like yep. everything is accelerated. You got to think about make sure that your son has adequate vitamin D, 5,000 IUs would be appropriate, uh, adequate magnesium. Probably 300 to 450 milligrams would be appropriate. I'd go magnesium glycinate for that. Make sure they have plenty of omega-3s, probably three grams for that. And also make sure that they have a good multivitamin, multimineral. Because ultimately, the systems of the body, they function, Heidi, by 
the availability of nutrients. And so when the, the body's growing, and you think about this from an internal capacity, there's a lot of changing going on. Change creates discomfort. Discomfort inside can create moodiness on the outside. So that's why that happens. And so you want to kind of, you know, make sure they're active, make sure they're busy, make sure they have purposes, but also make sure they're uh, equipped with what they need inside. Man, so good. Sarah in California, she's wondering if any of these programs like the 40-Day Reset are appropriate for women who are pregnant. I'm pregnant with my fifth. I'm 14 weeks along and would really like to not birth another child that's almost 12 pounds. Woo! My last two born at home, 11.14 and 11.2. I'm not diabetic, but I fear I could be down the road in some way. Yeah, when you look at pregnancy as a general rule, you never want to restrict calories. So always think like that. But we're not all about restricting calories anyway. But as a general rule, when you're pregnant, you don't want to. Um, I I would not put, you know, that person on any sort of restriction at all. But I think it'd be very appropriate to put them on a good, solid nutritional plan with no limits. In other words, this is your list. Have as much as you want, when you want, how you want then I think good supplementation in that case specifically yep. is critically important. You got to get a good multivitamin with high amounts of folate, right? That will prevent birth defects. You got to make sure that you got good omega threes, good vitamin D, as I stated before, and maybe a good, um, a good additional, maybe a magnesium as well. But with all that said, you know, it would be good some of these programs to to be on as long as you had the caveat of no restriction. So, and so you're telling her basically be healthy, right? She's worried. She's so worried that she's going to do the normal thing and wind up with a 14 pound kid. And you're telling her you're going to have to let this thing run its course, right? Lots of water. That's what my doctor told me. Lots of water, eat healthy, lots of vegetables, lots of fruit, but she's not diabetic. So it's interesting. She's having such big babies. Well, it is unusual, but you know, I'm sure that, um, somebody has to, uh, you know, supply the lineman for the, um, the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, that's um, right. <laughs> you know, but, you know, maybe there's some purpose behind that, but heart, <laughs> man, that, those are big babies. Yeah. And I think you've got to, you know, in this case, you know, ride this thing out yeah. and, and do everything that you know to do that you have control over in an excellent way. Yep, I agree. Michelle in Virginia, lately it feels like my 10-year-old is always sick and she seems to get hit while she's down. She'll recover from a stomach bug to be hit with a cold two days later. She had plenty of unmasked in-person exposure to other children and adults during the pandemic. So I didn't expect her immune system to take such a nosedive, but this school year has been terrible. She eats pretty healthy, takes a probiotic, gets lots of activity, plays outside. Are there any supplements or specific diet changes that you use with your elementary age children to boost their immune system and keep them healthy? Absolutely, Michelle. One thing about your daughter, and, and I want you to look at this from both sides of the uh, proverbial coin, we say, if your daughter is responding with the ability to create a fever and create these sickness things, that's actually a very healthy response. It is not healthy to not be able to do that. So there's actually some benefit there. So I kind of want you to see that, that she's actually got an immune system that respond. It's highly adaptive, and it's going to learn how to adjust later in life. Now, having said that, any immune system can be overtaxed and overattacked. So with her, you want to make sure that she has about 500 milligrams of maybe a vitamin C. Keep that going. Keep the vitamin D up, as I talked about. And I would not hesitate to go 4,000 IUs with that one for that 10-year-old girl. I think as well, I would go omega-3s, probably 2 grams. And then I would go a very good uh, children's multivitamin, multimineral. 
those are key. And even though the child might be outside a lot and all this stuff, they're still going to be needing those vitamins and minerals. So make sure, sure, sure that you do those, not just for her, but with your entire family. Man, so good. I've got time for, I think, a couple of more. Uh, This person says, Dr. Mark Sherwood was on my podcast, Robin, Oklahoma, with my mom a year ago when he was running for governor, and we love him. So you got some super fans here. Uh, My question is, pre- and post-workout supplements, which does he recommend, and is there a replacement for thyroid medicine? Those are pretty two different questions. They are. Uh, So pre-workout, what I take every day is I use something called ATP Ignite Workout. I like it because it doesn't have any sugars. It's got some the full gamut of B vitamins, electrolytes. It's got a little tiny bit of what's called pterosylvine. That starts with the P, by the way. Caffeine, which doesn't stimulate the body, but it stimulates the mind. And it's got a little bit of uh, creatine, which helps to grow muscles. So I like that pre-workout, ATP Ignite workout. And again, that's on our website. People can just put the search or the little hourglass thing, a little microscope, and you can find it. Uh, post-workout, I use Kingdom Fuel. I like it. It's got a whole meal attached to it. That's what I've used. 20 grams of protein. It's got greens and reds, fibers, vitamins and minerals. So there's there's really nothing better than those two combinations right there. Yep. And they can get that at Sherwood.tv forward slash Heidi. I've got some Kingdom Fuel and I like it. It actually tastes good. It does. It's it not tastes- bad. Sometimes you get the stuff and you're like, dude, no, I don't. I know. I, I know. Ooh, but this is actually, uh, this is actually good stuff. Sharon yeah. in Virginia says, in 2020, I quit my job. I worked at a university, and then that winter I got COVID, and I feel like ever since I've had COVID, uh, probably twice in the last three years, I've been sick more times than I have in my life. I feel like my immune system is broken down. So a lot of the same sort of questions, we're hearing this in the wake of COVID. She wants to know what immune supplements she can take to help build it back up. Yeah, Sharon, that's a, a common theme I hear. You know, once commonality or it is synonymous with this type of phenomena you're looking at, they call it kind of a long-haul COVID kind of scenario. But really the commonality that's been studied is mitochondrial uh, dysfunction or mitochondrial lack of optimum function, let's say it like that. So what I like to do on that is we have what's called immune support packs, immune support packs. It's a little uh, pack of five pills that contains 14 of the well-known nutrients, such as quercetin, NAC, you know, all those things, zinc. And, and it's all in one. And so if you begin to take that once a day, add some D to that and add the omegas to that, you should be well equipped. And then I think as well, it would be wisdom for you, uh, Sharon, to probably look at getting a micronutrient test, a micronutrient test to look at the amount of cellular nutrition you have down at the cell level. So you could actually instill more of the mitochondrial function as opposed to just wondering what's going on. That's a great answer. Uh, here's a really interesting one, and we'll end this segment of the show with this. Should I be concerned about accepting donated breast milk for my baby from someone who has received the vaccine? Yeah, it's interesting because toxins are stored in the fat. Did you know that? That's interesting. So fat is some most toxins are fat soluble. So if you look at the toxic ingredients in vaccines as a whole, right? Any vaccine doesn't have natural ingredients. I mean, that's just a given. We know that. So you think about this idea and potential of having the toxins, not just from vaccines, but also other sources, just gunked up in the fat. And and for me, I would be concerned about that. I would, too. I was just going to say the yeah. same thing. And I'm sorry. Lots of stuff gets through breast milk. They do. And by the way, uh, when women are breastfeeding, a little known fact is 33 percent or possibly one third of the mom's toxins 
go through the breast milk into that baby. So when you're, if you're pregnant right now and you're going to breastfeed, and hopefully you will, hear my heart with this, make sure your nutrition is supreme because you're feeding too. Then after that, make sure you're not over-tossing yourself because you're going to toxify your kid. And it's just, it's such an important uh, thing and it's such an important conversation. It's amazing. I was thinking, I mean, this is completely off the off of the topic this mom was saying, but it does relate about all of these uh these women now who are taking these cross-sex hormones, I, you know, I met, I talked to a woman who's taking a cross-sex hormone and she was uh, pregnant. I'm like, you are flooding your unborn baby with Lord only knows what, Uh, think about what is happening to these little ones. Uh, It's just so sad, such a, such a sad time uh, in the, in the country right now. It is. I mean, you look at some of the, the, the more infamous in utero sort of development that's happening Look at autism, you know, 40 nice. years ago, one of 40,000 today, about one in 35. And if those trends continue and they are progressing like a speeding bullet at, yep. at best case scenario, if it doesn't stop, it's going to be one in two by 2050. But yeah. the way I see it, that's going to increase before that. And look, we're, we're causing a lot of this. We blame it on one thing, but it's really all cause everything. And we've got to really clean it all up. Everything that comes from our mouth needs to be sort of stopped at the border, yep. you know, yep. and then control your own mouth border, you know. Yeah, it's true. And I, it, it's why I can, right before the show, you and I were talking a little bit about this and you alluded to it uh, on the show today is people need to become more self-sustaining. You yeah. can start growing your own. We're doing that at my house. We're growing our own greens. Uh, my head, he? dude, I did not tell you this, Dr. Mark. We are getting chickens. It's true. Come on. I'm going all what homestead. I know. It's crazy. I'm, I'm going all homestead. Jay's been, you know. Uh, researching this really fun little Dutch chicken coop that he's that he's trying. Oh, to Oh, that's make. so cool! But, I love that. But it's because we feel the need. We're sensing it, like in it, and it's like an urgent thing, sort of picking up speed as we go along, oh. as we're recognizing, hey, uh, we've got uh, Roundup on our food. Yeah, right. We, do. we know we can't. Your orange juice is contaminated. I was just looking oh. the other day at like all the junk that's in Tropicana. Where's that? Um, Real Simple or whatever that brand is. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, this it's not good for you. And so, no, it's man, the we got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we are really, look, we're worried about China and this and that. And the other. No, 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 no. you got your enemies in the supermarket. Hello. Thank you. Come on. Hello. It's so true. It's so true. Well, Dr. Mark Sherwood, uh, you are just one of my favorite <laughs> guests to have on the show. I appreciate you coming on. Will you stay for happy hour? Let's talk about intermittent fasting. Can't wait. I'm fasting and waiting. I love, I love that. I love that. If you are, if you guys are subscribed to Happy Hour, stick around. We'll be right back. For those of you who aren't subscribed to the show, if you want to tune in for today's extended episode with my friend, Dr. Mark Sherwood, you can just go to Spotify and click on the subscribe button. And we hope that you will do that. This has been a fantastic interview. If you guys want to, and I hope you're taking notes because whenever uh, Dr. Mark comes on my show, I can't keep up with him. I'm writing notes. And this guy is so much fun to listen to. He's a wealth of information. He clearly loves people, has the heart of the Lord Jesus. I know it comes through. And he's given you guys great information. If you would like access to Kingdom Fuel and a lot of the other supplements that he has been referring to on the show, just go to Sherwood.tv forward slash Heidi and everything you need to find will be right there. If you want to subscribe to the show again, just head on over to Spotify, click on the subscribe button and you'll have access to all of our extended podcasts. In the meantime, have a great day, you guys. We love you. We're praying for you. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.